Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan with a full crew today. Chris Parliament, Brandon Piller, and an old friend of the show join me to break down the World Juniors from the perspective of, of course, an Ottawa Senators fan. What should the expectations be for the trio taking part? Who's most likely to take home the gold medal? And what are some of our favorite memories looking back to past tournaments? Of course, we'll touch on the current Senators as well. Ottawa on a six-day break before hosting the Devils on Sunday, while the Baby Sens are playing the Marlies on Boxing Day under the bright lights of Scotiabank Arena in the heart of enemy territory in downtown Toronto. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. December 26th. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas. We're fired up because not only do we have 31 games of World Juniors to look forward to, but old friend of the show, Henry Bound, better known as Sens Prospects, is with us to break it all down. What's up, Henry? It's been a while. How we doing, guys? Great to be back. Happy World Juniors. Of course, we got Pillar and Parliament as well. Let's hop right into it. A trio of Ottawa Senators taking part. Jacob Bernard Docker, Shane Pinto, his teammate at North Dakota, and captain himself, Lassie Thompson. Let's start with the captain, Lassie Thompson. Henry, I'll go with you. What are your expectations for him going into the next couple weeks? Man, I think Lassie is going to be Mr. Everything for Team Finland. He's going to be a beast five on five on the power play and killing penalties. If we, if we could put some wagers down right now, I'd say that he's uh, got a great shot to make that tournament all-star team. Um and watching him in the World Junior Summer Showcase this past summer and in the pre-tournament game against Canada, the one thing I will say is that he can he can fall into a little more of a shutdown role with a bit of offensive flair, but uh, he might not be as flashy as some folks might expect. Yeah, and you talk about how sometimes he kind of lacks that offensive flair. From what I've seen from all the great highlight videos you post, thanks for that. It's not always easy to keep tabs on uh, prospects overseas, so you do a great job of that. But He's definitely, from an offensive side, he's not a passer. He's the guy with the boom slap shot at the point. How many goals can we expect to see from Lassie Thompson in this tournament? I mean, do you think he'll finish with more goals or more assists? Hey, we got to get the Tom Bomb hashtag going as well. Yeah, I, th- I think Tom Bomb could, uh, could really rack up some goals against some of the weaker teams that, that Finland has in their little um, in their grouping in the tournament. Uh, but just because I expect them to score so many goals, I, I'd say he's getting more assists than goals in the tournament. But uh, he's got to have one of the hardest shots here. And when you talk about assists, I mean, he's got a guy like Rasmus Kupari playing on that team as well. So that's going to be a guy that's going to be putting in a lot of goals. He was taken a couple years ago by uh, L.A. in the first round, a guy I was pretty high on. He was a line mate of Kotkaniemi in the tournament a couple years ago. So, I mean, you mentioned that he's going to be Mr. Everything for them in this tournament. Do you think that's something kind of more reminiscent of what Thomas Shabbat was able to do for Team Canada, as in playing all those minutes for them back in the day? Do you think he's going to take on that sort of role, get the legs going as much as Shabbat did? That's exactly where I was going to go with that, 100%. As Mr. Everything, he's going to be a minute muncher. I think he was over, he played over half the game in that pre-tournament game against Canada just before uh, Christmas there on the 24th or 23rd, whenever that was. So absolutely, you'd expect him to log a ton of time and really, um, you'd never really notice the effects of the time on his on his play. He's just, uh, doesn't matter if it's, if it's in the first period or late in the third, he's always looking the same out there. Well, he's in... Maybe the easier of the two divisions, the Group B kind of loaded up with Canada, U.S., and Russia. Does that mean Finland might have an easier road 
to to a semifinal berth, or is Sweden still the the favorite in that uh, group? It's exciting that they're getting the tournament going against each other, but uh, I like I like Finland in that matchup. That's awesome. I I'm, I'm all for the underdogs. We're watching as we're recording. It's about eleven thirty, and Russia might be the first uh, favorite to go down. Czech Republic just went up. 4-3 here in the uh, oh, nearing man. the end of the second, but that's uh, old takes exposed waiting to happen uh, coming up in the third period. It's kind of nice having, we know that the left side of the Sens defense is going to be pretty set for years to come. Shabbat, Branstrom, Willannon, even maybe Lejoie I'm not as high on, but there are a lot of names on that side, whereas the right side, not many in the NHL. Not only Lassie Thompson on the right side, but Jacob Bernard Docker. Looks like he'll start with Kevin Ball on the second unit. You might remember the Ball name, not only in Ottawa 67, but just in the Taylor Hall trade. So he just had to change his, uh, well, future address. Of course, he'll stay with the 67s for now. But is that going to be more of a shutdown uh, pair for Team Canada? Yeah, absolutely. That is exactly where they're tabbed. Uh, Bernard Docker, we got a little bit of a tease in that pre-tournament game. He started on the top pair with Ty Smith. I think they wanted to just test that out, see how it worked. I think by the start of the second period, Bernard Docker was back with ball. Um, and something to watch in this first game against USA is Canada will be the home team, so they're going to get last change. So they'll be able to own the matchups as they as they see fit. So Bernard Docker can really um, you know, be put in that shutdown role as as is expected. Uh, one thing to watch for there is I'm not too sure how ball skating is going to translate to the the big ice surface, right? I, I see him a fair bit here in Ottawa with the 67s, and he's huge, right? He's six seven, I think, uh, and that's that's got to be a concern on how well can he move on the big ice. So uh, keep an eye out for Bernard Docker, who is a fantastic skater, to be covering for ball if he stumbles or isn't able to uh, to move as quickly as some of those those quick little euros. I mean, when you said he was going to hop in on a shutdown role, my mind immediately went to a guy like a Jacob Truba, where he's in a shutdown role in Winnipeg for those years because of his skating ability, and he has that offensive flair to add. But I remember looking back on a couple lines there when he was playing with Josh Morrissey, and they were able to shut down teams so well because they just gave him no space. So do you think it's going to be something like that? I mean, you mentioned he's going to kind of pick up the slack for, for ball there in the skating aspect, but is that kind of where your mind goes as well with a player like skating ability that he has? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not expecting a whole lot in terms of offensive production for Bernard Docker, even though at North Dakota he's tied for third in team points. That's not his role for Team Canada. He's not going to see any power play time, most likely, unless there's injuries or things really aren't working well. They weren't clicking too well in the pre-tournament, so maybe we'll see him get a shot there. But yeah, I expect him to just be that that defensive-minded player out there um, I'm curious to see too. He's not the most physical guy, and one knock on him at the University of North Dakota is that he can be he can get caught uh, fishing for the puck a little bit. So if if he's going to be facing off against some of these higher skilled opponents in this tournament, just something to watch for. You know that he's not just trying to go for those stick checks and and leaving himself exposed that way. Yeah. So we talked about uh, Ross mentioned kind of the right side of the decor for the Sens is kind of all set up for the prospects to eventually come in and take their rightful spots with the right-hand defensemen in uh, Lassie Thompson and JBD 
who do you think needs to have uh, a bigger showing in this tournament to kind of to kind of get Sens fans excited for what can happen on the right side of this tournament? Is it a guy like Lassie Thompson, who is uh, their first round pick last draft and he's the captain? Or is it JBD, a guy who's kind of been around and been building a name for himself and probably closer to uh, coming to the Ottawa Senators franchise? I think it's going to be the Lassie Thompson show at this World Juniors. Uh, Bernard Docker might do, you know, he could have a solid tournament, but it's not going to be flashy. And Thompson, you know, was picked at, you know, not really a reach, but it was he wasn't on too many Sense fans' radars when he was taken in the first round. And because he's playing over in the Finnish Elite League, there's little to no exposure to the Sense fan base to him right now, other than some online clips here and there. So getting, uh, being featured as one of the prominent defensemen in this tournament, I think is really going to raise his stock among Sense fans. Well, speaking of raising stock, I don't think many Sens fans even knew the name Shane Pinto. It might have been made up when they took him with the first pick of day two in the 2019 draft. Left some other names who we're going to see on at uh, the World Juniors on the board. Bobby Brink, Arthur Kalia have come to mind. But he, he's playing higher up in the lineup than those two guys. What uh, are you thinking for the Bean in this one? The Bean, I love that nickname. Uh, it's crazy that the University of North Dakota, they're the number one ranked team in the NCAA They've got one loss in 17 games. It was a 2-1 loss in their fourth game back in October. So this team is a wagon. They're absolutely rolling. And Shane Pinto leads them in goals. That's just crazy that, that, is, that he's putting up that type of freshman season in the NCAA. And it's really flying under the radar for Sens fans. And yeah, as the first pick on day two of the draft, there was a lot of head shaking, head scratching. Kind of came out of nowhere. I was definitely on team Bobby Brink or Kaliev, and um, projection seems to be that Shane Pinto is going to be ahead of both of those guys on Team USA's lineup. That kind of leads right into where my next question was going with him. What kind of role do you see him playing? I mean, we've seen guys like Colin White go out, and I think he had seven goals his last year with uh, the world in the World Juniors with Team USA. And a guy like Josh Norris last year who was kind of playing an offensive role. Where do you see Shane Pinto kind of fit into this lineup where there's so many first-round talent? I think eight guys went in the first round for this USA team. So where do you see a guy like Shane Pinto, who is having a big year down in the state, so getting recognized his game? Um, eight goals, like you mentioned, six assists in 17 games. Where do you see him stacking into this lineup? Yeah, well, he got centered as the, he was the center on the top line for Team USA's uh, pre-tournament games, both of them. Uh, and both of them, he was paired with Oliver Wallstrom, and then the other winger rotated between Nick Robertson and Trevor Zegras. Uh, Robertson, I think, is a guy who could have an absolutely explosive tournament based on what I've seen so far. Hate that he's a Leafs pick, but uh, got to give him credit where credit's due. He looks absolutely filthy out there. Um, Pinto quietly put up three points in these two pre-tournament games, and he should be a, a top six player for Team USA at the centerized position. Uh, yes, he's scoring goals in the NCAA, but one of his sort of unheralded attributes is his ability in the face-off circle. Uh, he's almost at 60% in the face-off dot so far in his NCAA career, uh, and he does a really good job, you know, um, covering defensively for some of these more offensive-focused wingers and also just being a presence in front of the net. He's a bigger guy, and he's fantastic at tipping pucks. So if there's a props bet on Shane Pinto getting a deflection goal in this tournament, I would hammer that. Hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. Uh, hammer it. I want to mention that Oliver Wallstrom a little bit too, just because they might be riding shotgun together for the entire tournament. This is a guy whose offensive numbers 
at college and pro. Haven't really jumped off the page, but apparently this guy's shot is lethal. Uh, his last two times representing the U.S., he's got 13 points in 14 games. Uh, do you expect him to be one of the top scorers in the tournament as well? Tough to say just because of all the weapons that exist on this team, on, on the U.S. team. I mean, you know, not only for the tournament, but on uh, for the Americans. But that said, I mean, it's got to be such a, a almost a sigh of relief for these guys that are stepping down from playing in the American Hockey League to the World Juniors. You know, you see that year over year, the guys that are playing pro in North America and then go over, get sent back to actually play in the World Juniors, they seem to be able to, you know, take a next step and, um, you know, really enjoy that extra half second, second that they get. So wouldn't surprise me at all to see him, to see uh, Wallstrom excel in this tournament. Well, we saw that with Curtis Lazar bringing it back to the Senators in 2015. Probably the best World Junior team in the decade. But uh, back to this one, 2020 World Juniors. Let's get your handicapping of it, Henry. Let's uh, let's start with, I guess, the, the three that the, the Sens fans will care the most of. How do you see Canada, USA, and Finland shaking out here? I mean, it's it's crazy, right? They're, uh, you can see team, I could see I could see Finland repeating right now. I know uh, that 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 might be a little bit of a long shot, but um, I'm I'm not totally sold on Team Canada. I gotta say, uh, I think Team USA is is the one coming out of that bracket. So I see a US Finland final. Ooh, I like that. That's a bit of a spicy take. You don't see too many uh, too many people jumping on the Finland bandwagon, but that's good stuff. Um, of course, Sens will be more familiar with with Sweden having uh, lots of former players. So we tweeted out on our Twitter at Sens Central. You can follow us there. And of course you already follow Henry at Sens Prospects. But the question is, what is your favorite Senators related world junior memory? We gave you three options. The Zabanajad golden goal, another Swedish memory, Eric Carlson kind of making his grand entrance to Ottawa, winning the top defenseman at the 2009 tournament or more recently, Shabbat versus White. They both had tremendous tournaments in 2017 um, or other. And there's a few great others we'll get into. But let's start with those three. Um, which one uh, kind of stands out the most to you? I think Shabbat versus White. Maybe it's just the recency effect. But that was an insane game. That was when Shabbat's stock was really starting to rise. People were saying, you know, this is one of the best defensemen outside of the NHL. And he seemed like he was out there every second shift, right? He had something like over 40 minutes in the game. And meanwhile, Colin White was just there on the other side, chipping in these timely goals for Team USA. Like uh, like Pillar mentioned, he put up a goal a game in that tournament. So that was an absolutely crazy memory. And one of my memories from them playing together too, and it's funny, I'm scrolling through, kind of looking at uh, the Ottawa Sun right now, and there was a funny interview that uh, they did together and they were talking about how they kind of hated each other at that point and how they're kind of best friends now. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because they both can remember kind of taking shots at each other. Um, White saying, I cross-checked him behind the net because he slew-footed me in front of it, sort of thing like that. So it's cool kind of looking back. I voted for that one as well. And uh, 46 minutes played for Thomas Shabbat. I mean, what a sign of things to come for what's happening this season. But yeah, I definitely, that one got my vote as well. And yeah, maybe a little recency bias on my, on my side as well. Yeah. And I would say for, for me, the first uh, moment that, well, not really a moment, but just memory that I have of the Sens and the world juniors was 
Ross talked about it was Curtis Lazar. He was a high pick for the Sens. He was named uh, captain of the team that season. And he had already been playing in Ottawa, like Ross mentioned. And I think at that point, he only had like a goal and a couple assists in about 20 games before he uh, went to play for the World Junior team. So I was just excited to say the Sens picked Curtis Lazar high. He's the captain of the Canadian World Junior Team, one of the best uh, accolades you can put on your resume, really. And hopefully he's going to show uh, show us more what he can do with, like Henry said, that extra step, just a little bit more time playing against those kids. But we all know how the Curtis Lazar story ended up. But that was a proud moment for me, seeing the Sens' uh, top pick of that year be the captain. But uh, hopefully Lassie Thompson, captain of the Finland team, can uh, fare a little better after uh, serving captain for his country. One of the, uh, one of the, I guess, fan favorites of all time, Anton Volchenkov. We got to give credit to at Jimmy Zamboni, Air Jimmy 23 here on Twitter. How does he have this good of memory? He said, if I remember correctly, the A-Train scored the gold medal winning goal for Russia. And sure as hell, it's on YouTube. So if you want to check that out, the the A-Train coming to town. So that, that was another good memory as well. And, we mentioned Colin White scoring seven goals. That seems to be a theme because that's what Drake Batherson had in 2017, I want to say. Or no, 2018. It was the one in Buffalo. Yeah, um, so yeah. seven. And then Mark Stone, 2011, also seven goals in seven games. So, Henry, are we expecting to see that out of Shane Pinto? I mean, only forward. Or you mentioned Lassie Thompson scoring some goals. Is he going to get seven? I think Shane Pinto is going to get the most points out of any prospect, sense prospect at the tournament this year. Might just be sort of by association because he's going to be stacked with some sick wingers all the time. But I, I think, yeah, the, this could really be the Shane Pinto show when things are said and done. That's awesome. Let's get into the, oh, actually, we got a late, a late uh, addition here. Parley, what is it? Yeah, we talked about the the tournament being in Buffalo, and this might be my most watched video on YouTube that moved. <laughs> Brady Kachuk made in the shootout in the outdoor game, faking low and then rolling his wrists over and tucking it under the bar against Canada. And then the patented give it to me celebration as he's going along the boards in front of how many fans in Buffalo outside. Yeah, exactly. That was not, I'm I'm glad that was a good memory for you, Parley, because that was not a good memory for Ross and I. It took us six hours to get to Buffalo from Toronto. A transport truck was on fire on the highway, oh and the border God. was a mess. We got there for the midway through the third period. Luckily, they went to overtime in a shootout. Or else Full overtime, out. got our money's worth. Yeah, we got our money's worth, but uh, yeah, not the wow. same memory for Ross and I. No, that was not ideal. And of course, he wasn't a senator at the time. He was still draft eligible. We also posted that picture. That's got to be an iconic photo with Brandstrom and Gustafson winning the gold medal and Brady Kachuk just on one knee. So, ah, sorry, Brady. We love you. That's actually a good segue into current Ottawa Senators and the state of the team. Start in Belleville, actually. Sends prospects. Most of them are there anyways. Um, Rudy Balsers, Drake Batherson, both completely tearing it up which one would you call up first i'd bring balsers up i think the plan was for him to be on this team out of camp the only reason he went down to belleville was because of the injury and he is put up a point in every game he's played in pretty much right so i would bring him up i know that uh, that might come as a surprise to some people but i'm fine to just let let batherson simmer there continue to dominate help belleville cement that hopeful playoff position and then, you know, if there are a few moves later on in the season where some of these veterans get chipped out of Ottawa, that's when you bring Batherson up to get 
his uh, his feet wet for the final few weeks or months of the NHL season. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, uh, Henry. I'm I've been a big Balsers fan since uh, the Carlson trade. Uh, I think he's one of the more underrated prospects. People just kind of forget him uh, in the flashy names of uh, Bramov, Formanton, Batherson. But we talked about it on the pod a couple episodes ago. And the thinking for the Ottawa Senators is they're going to keep their guys like Bathers, Balsers uh, in Belleville, dominating like you said. But do you think that hinders their development or helps them? Should they have them called up earlier before the trade deadline when likely a lot of these veteran uh, uh, UFAs are going to get moved or bring them up right now and get them as much NHL playing experience as possible? I'm all for letting guys sit in the AHL for a little bit longer. I really don't think a few more months makes that much of a difference. I think if you look ahead to the next few years, Ottawa will still be a rebuilding team to some degree. So there won't be that. It's not like, you know, starting next year, it'll be these high pressure reps that they'd be getting in the NHL. And I think part of what Ottawa is doing right now is they know pretty much what they have in the Bathersons and the Balsers. It's these other prospects that they seem to cycle through for about a week or two look at a time. What do they have with Jonathan Davidson? Is Max Verano going to be somebody that plays in the NHL? Is Philip Tlapik someone that should be in Ottawa's long-term plans? Those sort of guys that are getting those shorter-term looks. I'm, I'm fine with that, with that methodology that they've been going through. First, before you hop in, Parley, I just want to say I know what kind of player Jonathan Davidson is. That guy can move his feet. Are you kidding me? That guy gets in on the forecheck. I'm still not sold in his hands necessarily, but that guy's feet move a mile a minute. Yeah, he's a top nine uh, forward for sure. The kind of guy that you can throw in that third line and know what you're going to get out of him every game. But I'm going to go back to a little bit what Pillar was saying and letting guys kind of simmer down there for a little while, kind of like what they got going over in the University of Grand Rapids when you look at Detroit <laughs> and making guys graduate the AHL program. Um, a lot of things get, when we talk prospects, it kind of turns into a long-term view. What do you think is going to happen in the next couple of years? Is this guy going to play in the NHL? Where's his career going to end up? But I'm going to ask you a little bit of a shorter-term question here, Henry. Where do you see Belleville season ending up? What do you think that they're going to be able to do this year with the group that they have down there now in a rebuilding state where they're probably going to load up come playoff times? Yeah, as long as they can shore up that defense i could see them making it through the first like make it to the playoffs and then make it through the first round for the first time in franchise history so i have some higher expectations for that team than i did last year it, it all depends too i guess a little bit on if craig anderson gets moved then does that bring hogberg up and then you know then what do you think of uh, a decord gustafson duo as opposed to hoberg seems to be an absolute stud in the American League, right? So if he leaves, can those other two guys really step up their game to the level that he's been playing at? Yeah, I think Hogberg's proved it in his last stretch of NHL action that he, I'd be confident with him in the Ottawa crease on any given night. So let's say, for example, before Anderson, um, or when Anderson comes back before he potentially gets moved, who gets sent down to the coast? Because I think Joey's made a pretty good impression here and Gustafson might be on the other end of it. Yeah, Gustafson has the benefit of of a higher or a high win total, but yeah, there's there's some concern with those underlying save percentage and goals against numbers, right? So, I I think he kind of got the benefit of well, he was in the American League for most of last season, so he gets to start there this year. But based on the play of those two, I think it's hard to argue that Decord that Decord hasn't outplayed Gustafson. Yeah, and well, I mean, Tr- Troy Mann kind of 
talked to that by starting him three games in a row and then exactly. pulling Gustafson after 14 shots, four goals in in the fourth game. They did say he was sick as well, but I mean, if you're in net, you're expected to stop the puck. And he plays so deep in his net, and his rebound control just isn't what I was expecting. But, uh, I mean, it's a good problem to have in the sense that you have a guy in the East Coast League who can fight, and, and man, he looks so sharp. At the end. You, every time I see Joey play live, which has been two, twice now uh, mm-hmm. this year, it's you just you can tell his dad's a goalie coach. Like, technically, he's it's so crazy. sound. It's yep. amazing to watch. So I think he just needs to kind of work on on the maybe a bit more of the mental side. Like he let in one and then let in another one quickly after. But man, is he sharp technically? And that's I mean, long term, that's how how you build a consistent goalie. Spot on, spot on. I think the Sens definitely have a player there. It's, it's really exciting to see, and he's such a competitor too. It's it's uh, it's the kind of guy that you want in your system. I want to get back a little bit World Juniors, but more Belleville as well. Is there? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get, let's say let's play a percentage game. What's the percentage chance that Lassie Thompson and or Jacob Bernard Docker are in the Belleville Senators lineup once their season finishes? I know 2012 comes to mind. The Jakob Silverberg. When is his season ending? We need him. We need him. Uh, is Lassie Thompson maybe once his season's done in Finland uh, going to come over and play for Belleville? That's a really good question because at this point, why not just give those guys looks in Ottawa? But then if the Belleville season extends beyond the Senators season, right, I, I, would, I would put more uh, likelihood on Thompson coming over than Bernard Docker. I imagine Bernard Docker is going to be leaving the University of North Dakota after this season. I don't really know what else he has to prove at this point. But because that can always be, I, guys seem to love UND so much. And, you know, they're, if they're, in, they're leading the nation right now, what could they do next year? That kind of thing. Will that keep someone around? But uh, Let's put let's put our chips in on on Thompson over Bernard Docker, but I could see both of them being there for sure. It would definitely help shore up that blue line. I mean, that's kind of the big question mark of that team right now, and where is everybody going, sort of thing. And you saying that earlier kind of threw a question into mind, and this is a little bit off topic, but I mean, if we're going to be talking Belleville and where their blue line's looking. What have you seen change in a guy like Christian Yarosh's game who looked like he could compete at the NHL level last year and then this year he's kind of done nothing special in the AHL and kind of been a forgotten name and with all this movement happening organizationally up and down through the East Coast and the AHL and the NHL, Christian Yarosh's name hasn't been mentioned at all. So what have you seen anything in his game that's kind of uh, made him fall off the, the radar a little bit? It's He's got a little bit of, of the concern that you have with someone like Logan Brown is at a certain point, guys keep getting injured year after year. And, you know, that's not only going to hinder the development, but, you know, do those injuries actually then start capping what their, what their ceiling or potential can be? And I wonder if that's happening a little bit with Yaros. To me, his, although technically he's, he's a strong skater, I don't find him to be the, the fastest guy. And speed is the name of the game in the NHL right now. You, you're even seeing that a little bit with Max Lajoie coming off of his uh, sports hernia surgery, right? He just doesn't look like he has the same strider mobility that he did last year. And I think that uh, movement and mobility is something that's been holding Yaros back, um, even if he was healthy, to, to be bumped down the depth, depth chart compared to where he was last season, too. The last guy I want to ask you about here is Josh Norris because he was, in my mind, kind of the the last piece of the uh, Carlson trade with Balsers, the draft picks, the two NHL players. But Josh Norris, I was just kind of like, ah, is he going to be a middle six guy? But 
this guy's generating shots at an elite rate in his rookie season in Belleville. Absolute stud, future stud in the NHL. You can book it. Uh, what a shot he's got. And like you said, he's not shy to just throw pucks on net. Comes from the Brady Kachuk school of shooting the puck on that front. Uh, it's been fantastic to see what he's been doing as an AHL rookie. Um, you know, I wasn't really too concerned about him after the way that he started last season, but it was okay. Then he hurts his shoulder. He misses the back half of the season, you know, only gets starting training a little bit into the summer. How's that? Is, is he going to be slow out of the gate? And I think it took him about five games to figure out the AHL. And since then he's been absolutely scorching hot. So, uh, what an absolute, I, I don't know. I don't want to call him a, a steal of the trade, but I think his, he was seen as sort of a safer first-round pick when San Jose took him, and then that sort of prospect analysis came with him over in that trade. It's like, yeah, he was taken in the first round, but he's a safer pick, not with so much of a high ceiling, and I think he's doing a lot to change that narrative. Yeah, he's been a ton of fun to watch. I think he, once Logan Brown and his minutes have kind of diminished, I think he'll be back in Belleville. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a you go down and Josh Norris gets his look. As you mentioned, they're kind of testing everyone mm-hmm. out. I think he's definitely earned... Uh, a shot at um, at an NHL job. So, uh, Henry, always a pleasure having you on, a friend of the show. And as you know, that means you can you have to come on whenever we ask. So we'll get you on after the World Juniors to uh, to break it all down, and um, you can brag about Finland being gold medal champions. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that I'm this won't be featured on uh, freezing cold takes, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, let's definitely catch up after the tournament. We already have the clip ready to post. <laughs> Uh, For Henry Brown, for Brandon Piller and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. Of course, you can follow Henry at Sends Prospects on Twitter, YouTube, anywhere. He's all over the internet taking good care of our Sends Prospects. And we didn't even get to mention Ole Alsing having to wear the top scorer jersey. That is hilarious. We'll save that for the other side of the tournament. Enjoy the holidays, and we'll talk to you coming up here before the Sends host the Devils on Sunday.